Hello there, listeners. It's still a case of pandemic stop play for the English summer. With no cricket planned before July 1st, so we've decided to strap on a flux capacitor and steer switch it through the StatScrew filters to another time entirely. Not necessarily a happier time, because this is, after all, the England cricket thing we're talking about, uh, but one which, for many of us, remains lodged in the soul, like the first painful experience of love, or a BB gun injury that still twinges on cold days. Yes, no more idle threats. We're finally going back to the 90s for the first of what may become a series of specials. Let's call them therapy sessions. About a decade when England were an expectation versus reality meme before memes even existed. Joining me to relive the occasional highs and rather more familiar lows are two men who've been there, done that, and in some cases got the official team shirt. No introductions needed, but let's say hello to Andrew Miller, ESPN Crick Info's official England miserabilia expert. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark Butcher, a man who made a documentary about England in the 1990s to try and get over having played in them. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hello, chaps. Good. Miller, you there? I'm here, yeah. I'm just just, um, pondering my... uh... Uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. Just see, all we have to say is West Indies in the 1990s, and, and and my brain just opens into a different dimension. It's like, oh my word, there's just so so much so much pain, so much so much joy. Uh, it's like you were placed. briefly frozen with the the sight of uh, Courtney and Kirtley at the top of their runs. I think I probably was. It's a bit bit like <laughs> a bit like ramps at Trinidad, I'm afraid. <laughs> and w- was there much research needed for this, or are you both still having flashbacks? Um, so, there, there was a bit of there, there was a little bit of sort of blending into one that went on um, in the in the very early part of the nineties. I mean, obviously you had the, you had the sort of um, the Ned Larkins um, and uh, sort of the, the, the comings and goings of Angus Fraser, kind of almost throughout the entire decade in West Indies cricket, mm. um, and England sort of blooding the likes of Rambrakash and Hussain and, and Stewart in the 89-90 series that, that, that went horribly wrong after a win in the first test in Jamaica. And then it was just kind of like a cast of, you know, it was the same cast recycled almost <laughs> until we got to the 97-98 to the series, which, was <clears throat> which kind of began a bit of separation, I suppose, from the, from the guys who had tried to no avail all the way through the sort of late 80s, um, mid-90s, um, who then were never seen again, obviously thinking about people like Robin Smith and, and stuff like that. But, you, I mean, just looking through just looking through all of those series, though, I mean, there were some serious performances from England players individually, you know, huge wicket hauls for people like Cork and Fraser and, um, you know, uh, Devon Malcolm having and a couple of day outs. Philip De Freitas was, a, was you know, had put in some huge performances in those early series. Um, with the bat, Robin Smith, Alex Stewart, Gooch, Thorpe, Atherton, um, Stewie bouncing up and down the order, all, as he did all the way through the, the 90s. I mean, the more that you looked, the more I looked through some of these series this morning, the more you just realised just how utterly daft that whole thing was how Alex Stewart and Mike Atherton did not open for the majority of the nineties and into the, into the two thousands is just extraordinary, but you saw it, it was all written large in all of these West Indies series anyway. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're all missing cricket. So we're going to go back to a time when the England were only 
MIA in the figurative sense. Um, and as Butch says, we're going to narrow this down uh, to West Indian encounters. Uh, that should have been the first test series of the summer, uh, of course. It would have been arriving pretty soon. Um, we're going to you know, blot out the ashes um, and, and pain in South Africa and all those um, other uh, existential uh, angst-inducing memories. And, and we're going to focus on a, on a mid-90s purple patch in particular. Now, I'm not just talking about bruises. Um, Michael Aston took charge for, for two tours in 93, 94, 97, 98. Um, Butch, you're obviously on that one. Um, and then there was a visit of Richie Richardson's team in 95. And this was um, this was all about the time you were starting out as a professional, Butch. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I signed my first contract at the end of the summer of 1989. So I was a professional cricketer at the start of the 1990 um, season, April 1990. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I made a first-class debut until, what, 92 maybe? Um, and yeah, so I mean, the, but a lot of my teammates, the guys that I didn't see a massive amount of in the early part of that, was Stuart and, and thought um, Keith Medlicott would have been on one of the one of the early '90s tours. Was sort of you know coming back from West Indies trips with with tales of uh, well tales of Wyoming. I mean, Alex Stewart, of course, with the two hundreds in, in in Barbados, sort of made his name um, against them. And they were still you know that Australia hadn't hadn't quite stolen the mantle off them by then you know that you know I was looking back at the if you go back to England series in, in, in 91 I know we're kind of missing missing your parameters here but back in that series no, of 91 it's all good let's let's get it all in is that you know that Australia Australia were, were not that were not the team just yet the West Indies were still were still this preeminent force in in test match cricket and I'm looking at the test the the the, the bowling lineup that England faced that Gooch scored at that magnificent 154 against in heading there. Ambrose, Patterson, Walsh, Marshall was the four ball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, serious, serious bowling attack. Um, Ambrose and Walsh would carry, you know, carry that all the way through to, to the 2000s before they bowed out at, at, at the oval. But I mean, you know, you're coming up against, fearsome, fearsome battery of, of pace bowling. And England, and, and as was the way all the way through the 80s, pretty much, England were trying out young batsmen who, who sort of had the, the bravery and the ticket to sort of take them on. And sometimes they succeed, and other times, you know, at, at the end, it kind of overwhelmed them all. They'd all have their moments, but they kind of, you know, weren't able to, to turn up test match after test match against that sort of quality of, of, of pace and survive, and that's why the revolving door was uh, was spinning quite so manically all the time. Um, Miller, it feels like that this was perhaps the England's key rivalry of the, the decade since the Ashes became such a mismatch. Um, I mean, England won seven Tests against the Windies in the nineties, lost twelve, drew seven, um, which is a, a fair step up from being blackwashed throughout the eighties when they uh, won none out of twenty four and lost seventeen. Um, and the first signs of change, uh, as Butch has um, touched on there, they came uh, under Graham Gooch and on that um, 89-90 tour. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just to touch on what, what, what Butch was saying there, he, he signed his first contract in 89. I basically had my cricketing awakening in 1989. That summer, that Ashes summer was the first summer that I really sort of got to grips with cricket. I went to see my first test match at, uh, at the Oval in 1990 against India the following year. And so this 
this West Indies series sat absolutely perfectly in my in my sort of awakening period. And um, yeah, I, I just recall that first test in, in Kingston. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't watch it. It was obviously the first test on Sky. I didn't have didn't have Sky. I was actually at school at the time. I remember reading all the papers, uh, sitting sitting in the, in the window school, just reading every single newspaper article about the the full unfolding story because it was clear from the outset England bowling out for 164 in the first innings and then getting a lead of 200 and then the rain came and every step of the way you'd read the paper and it was clear England were pulling something off here and uh, you know Angus Fraser getting his uh, eight his his five for five for 28 was my you know he was he was my hero already and that just cemented the fact that he was clearly the god's gift to fast bowling um and so you got to go from that through through the whole spectrum of the of the 1990s and you know by the time England finally won in 2000 finally beat them having you know come so close I was a year out from joining wisdom.com and getting my first job so so this this rivalry basically spans my entire cricket education from learning the rudimentary rudimental parts of the game to actually turning around and, and doing it for doing it as my own professional career so uh, yeah, it, it is a rivalry that that absolutely goes to the heart of everything that I've that I've enjoyed watching, and and yeah, that does include the beatings, the miserabilia, the <laughs> the near misses, and 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 the horror shows because you know moments like the forty six all out, every bit as much as character building, and 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 you know tattooed on my soul as <laughs> glorious victories uh, such as uh, uh, Barbados or, or Trinidad, and and it was that that was the first. That eighty nine ninety series again was the first time that we'd been able to watch every ball of, a, of an overseas series, wasn't it? Sky had the, got the rights for that for the first time, so you know the 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 investment sort of came roaring back at them with with the win in at Sabina Park, and that was another and that had been another fearfully long time since England had won there. I can't I can't remember, but that sort of flashback in the memory, and it was oh, wow, England had gone one up, one nil up in a series against the West Indies. It's, it's happening, and then by the end of it, it was an absolute drubbing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the game got washed out in Guyana, I think, match abandoned, and then they, uh, then they got hammered. Yeah, well, there's that, that Trinidad, Trinidad near miss as well with the, the go slow tactics, and, and That's you know, right. it's yeah. so nearly been two nil up. But this was the, this was the story of the entire. Entire decade, as you say, they only won seven tests, but there were there were there were near misses at every step of the occasion. You know, mm. they 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 could they should have been going level pegging instead of being three 0 down, going into the uh, um, going into the, the decider as would have been. Well, Lara got his three seven three seven five, obviously, but you know, all things being equal, they could even have been two two in that series. They should have won in 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 nine ninety seven. We'll get to that eventually, I'm sure. And eventually but that, was, did. that was 93, 93, 94, wasn't it? The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just saying so England, England go 1-0 down, don't they? First test in 93, 94, Sabina Park. Um, by eight wickets, you know, it was a, it was a drubbing. Um, then go, yeah, 3-0 down before you even blinked in that series. Um and that's before Lara gets three hundred and seventy-five. So and that was that was a that was a team that, that that sort of England that that we might have fancied England to have to have taken on the West Indies in ninety-three, ninety-four. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was clear. I mean you mentioned the the the, the, the attack, the four-man attack that, that Gooch saw off in in, in nineteen ninety-one. Mm. That, that, you know probably you know Ben Stokes has recently produced a, a, an innings to rival it. But I, for my money, there's nothing 
nothing compares to Gooch's innings at Headingley for, for the greatest English batting innings, given the, the quality of that, that, that opposition and the spiteful conditions that he, that he produced it in. But, mm. you know, that, that was, that was the first, that was the last time that West Indies really rolled out their four horsemen in the same way. I mean, by the time England got out there in 1993-94, with the greatest, greatest respect to them, the Benjamins, Kenny and, and Winston were not uh, cut from the same cloth as, as, as the likes of Patterson or Ambrose wow. or Ian Bishop, obviously, who, who, who'd suffered a back injury by then, uh, let alone Holding and Garner and all the other guys who had, who had been such fundamental parts of, of their, 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 their dynasty. But at the same time, the, the one, the one thing that really dis- defined the rivalry for my, for my money is as a guy watching it and being utterly mesmerized by the battle was, the tenacity that West Indies produced to, to just refuse to buckle. I mean, I, I interviewed um, Courtney Walsh and, and Curtly Ambrose as a pairing a few years ago, and they they made the very key point that uh, you know they they were they were being accused of of being a waning force, and yet Ambrose, from the moment he made his Test debut in 1988, he didn't lose a single series for seven years. Not until West not until West Indies were beaten by Australia in 1994-95 did West Indies lose a single series. And this was supposed to be a side that was waning. Mm. There was, the, there was, there was tenacity. There was belief. There was an absolute refusal to to keel over and be beaten, least of all by England. And that was what just made it so compelling for 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 me growing up and getting 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 my teeth into the greatest sport on earth, having this 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 epitome of 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 what it means to fight for pride and and you know. Everyone looking on at every step of those series could see that England were damn nearly the equal of these guys. But when it, when push came to shove, they generally got shoved, and uh, and it was always a magnificent shoving that, <laughs> that, that, that that did it. Well, I mean, when it when it came to um, leading that struggle, of course, the um, Viv Richards' final series before retirement was that '91 summer, and and his last Test was actually a. Uh, um, a defeat as as England clawed it back to to level that series. So from having, you know, been blackwashed, I think, uh, consecutively in in the eighties, um, and given good damn good thrashings besides, um, to have yeah won in uh, in Jamaica and 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 sort of had that threat of an upset, and then uh, eighteen months later in the, the home summer um, to pull. Bibb's team down a peg. That suggested that the the wheel was beginning to turn a bit, but well, yeah, it did. I mean, that, that's kind of that's why they went there in ninety three, ninety four under Athers with with such sort of high hopes of of turning them over. But I mean, that, the the first test, for example, Atherton and Stewart got fifties opening the batting together, and nobody else scored a run. Kenny Benjamin took nine for in the match. You know, one of the one of the lesser lights, or one of the sort of supporting cast. Got six for in the first innings and three in the second, and that was that was the game over. Keith Arthurton, remember him, <laughs> the uh, the floppy hat left hand. He got ninety, he got hundred in that Test match. Jimmy Adams ninety. I mean, Jimmy Adams had a, an had an exceptional series actually. You know, having come into the side or been in the side for a while, was averaging fifty or something. Um, and as you rightly say, he sort of ended up batting in Viv spot at number five. Um, and England just couldn't get couldn't get him out. Um, and you know, and so so you go down, go down one nil in the in the first Test match in Jamaica, um, and you know England, England then lose by an innings in Guyana on you know what would have been a, a flat a flattish, slow pitch, 
Um, you know, Ambrose, Benjamin again. Ambrose took eight for Benjamin, bowled him out in the second innings. Ian Salisbury took four for 160 for England. Um, you know, there were, and, and runs wise, uh, Atherton, Robin Smith and Stewart, again, the three that, that sort of stood out, stood out for England. Um, but, uh, but the, 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 and Lara got 167. I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Shiv, Shiv Chandapal's debut as well, I think. Yeah. It was indeed, yeah. Sixty something in the in the middle order there for the home uh, mm. on his home. Age nineteen, wasn't he? Which which when you, when you think that you kind of recall him really as a forty year old who, who refused to retire, it's like what an ex- extraordinary crabby career he compiled in in, in the course. <laughs> of, you know, again, a, a guy who a bit like Adams, a guy who you know, to all intents and purposes, was a lesser light than the lights that had gone before. But oh my God, what a what a what a character to to have to to come into an allegedly fading setup you know when you when you can turn to guys of that quality and and have them slot into slot into the fabric of the team in 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 the way that uh he so clearly did um it was yeah it just goes to show why it took so so long for england to turn them over and obviously you know it's outside the parameters of what we're looking at here but you know, as we were discussing beforehand the, the only time that england have won in my lifetime in the caribbean was butcher's tour in 2003-4 the only time and that includes the last few mm-hmm. years, when when England supposedly been head and shoulders above West Indies, it's a it's a tough place to win. Clearly, mm. well, we'll we'll get to um, uh, Butch's first tour there in a bit, which about which there was, um, I think it's fair to say, some optimism. This um, ninety three ninety four tour, then um, obviously Gooch uh, steps down from the captaincy during the Ashes that summer. Uh, um, Mike Afton, young Mike Afton takes over, you know, future England captain it has been sort of um, his destiny. And his first full tour in charge is West Indies, 93-94. Uh, and it's it's a young England and a lot of the core players involved there, as Butch has mentioned, um, Afton Stewart, saying Thorpe, Rampakash, Hick, Caddick, Fraser... Uh, I mean, they will be the key protagonists through the decade. And... and uh, Pretty much, with the uh, only the exception of Fraser, will be the the players that help um, win back that Wisden Trophy after I think it's thirty one years or something in two thousand. Um, but ninety three for um, Miller starting out on that journey as uh, we covered those the first two tests there, um, pretty much sort of uh, regulation defeats, <laughs> shall we say, uh, <laughs> on the road in. Um, in Jamaica and Ghana, and then uh, a, a seminal moment for, uh, well, any England watcher of the period, I suppose, oh, uh, in, in Port of Spain. <laughs> now, now, you know, as I say, this this was this was my cricketing education. It, it, every every staging post, you know, I, I still to this day judge my life by cricket matches. I, I can remember, I can remember my daughter's birthday, for instance, because England beat Sri Lanka in a one-day series. You know, it, 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 these these little details that just help to help to guide guide my guide my um you know just just aid memoirs, put it that way. And so you know, I've I've, I've had some memorable ones, but um yeah, Trinidad. I was I was in uh, I was on a German exchange trip doing my GCSEs. I was in Hamburg, and um, so quite a long way away from. Um, from being able to pay much attention to the cricket, but by by some random stroke of luck, you know how how sometimes these things happen. I was I was I was on the I was on the the S bahn just cruising through Hamburg, and there was a, there was a scrap of newspaper, English language newspaper, that 
that showed that England were, England were, were, were bossing the match. So it just basically said that, you know, I think Chandler was not out, but uh, essentially England were looking like getting a lead of, you know, certain you know, 100 to win maybe if, if they, if all things went, went, uh, went well on that, that day that I was obviously going to miss because it was happening by the time I was reading it. And so I went to bed. I think I'd been to see Hamburg v. Haas Fowler. It's uh, HS, HSV in English vernacular. They, they, they lost. They lost to Bayern um, in some some Bundesliga match. And I rushed home to listen to the World Series and try to work out what had happened. I, I, I may have met a met a young maiden along the way. You know, there, there, there was it was it was a heady days. It was even you know, I was feeling 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 full of full of joys of joys of spring. And then, yeah, got the uh, got the dreaded forty six or forty for eight, as it was in, in in the World Series update. And it was one of those ones you just double take. What? What? <laughs> what have I just heard? And you know, it was gone. The, the, the words forty for eight came out in a plummy accent, and, and then they moved on to playing playing the, the sailing away or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you double take. I want to hear that at the back again. But, no, that ruined your date, I presume. It absolutely wrecked my date. It was. It was you know, <laughs> Yeah, sure. She yeah. couldn't work out what you were so miserable about. Yeah, I know. I've I, I, been flying high, having having the time of my life, and suddenly, yeah. And there was no one, no one there to tell him that that's actually what you're like all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shocker, absolute shocker. Yeah, Curtly Ambrose ruined my love life. I, I, I mean, you look, look back at look back at that. And there weren't, too, you know, there weren't too many dismissals where you'd say, "Well, you could have done something different about that." I mean, the, the run out aside, Stuart. Uh, well, Stuart yeah, Brown, of yeah. course. The inning started badly with uh, with yeah. Atherton Atherton uh, pinned the leave the leave LBW. <laughs> which he played that I lot. remember him waving his arms in the air as if to go, "Oh, oh!" And then realizing it was knocking Miller's middle thump out halfway up <laughs> to, um, to the very first ball of the innings as well. With innings, this, yeah. It didn't start well. I, mean, I, I think there was. I think we go go back to our bowling effort the night before. You're trying to set the win up. I think there was a drop catch, wasn't there? I think did did Graham Hick of all people drop one at second split? Right, Chardipal, Chardipal <laughs> dropped twice. They, I think on the yeah. And they put on another sixty or seventy, which probably would have made all, which made quite a lot of difference, I should imagine. But the you know Ambrose tore in and, and made the ball roll on the floor. Play play that if you can. <laughs> um, not straightforward. Yeah, uh, indeed. And um, as Miller says, 40 for eight at, at the close. Um, I think Graham thought was the eighth wicket to fall off yeah, stump, Graham, detonated by a... <laughs> Graham Thorpe's eyes as he walked off the pitch <laughs> oh, that, that night, they, 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 they still cut through my soul. It was just, <laughs> just a look of a man, absolutely. He'd seen, he'd seen horrors that no man should have to witness that evening. And he just trooped <laughs> off the field looking... Just dead to the core. It was it, it was harrowing, frankly. I think Absolutely he walked. Off, I think he walked off the wrong way as well. I think <laughs> we got a longer a longer look at him because he because he sort of set off in the wrong direction and they kind of they tracked him as he as he righted himself and came back again. But yeah, no, no good, no good. Three nil, all over. Thanks for coming. But it was. I, I mean, it was so. It was. It was yet another example of the, of the, of the extraordinary, ludicrous injustice of of. of Playing West Indies at that, at that time because there was so so much so much of that series had had gone right for England and and yet as you say three nil it's like they they they, they were what is it a hundred in the first test they I think hundred ninety odd and then collapsed and then they got yeah. twenty three for three and then West Indies built it back up and then 
this this game they can secure a first inning lead of seventy odd and and somehow can't crawl over the line. It, it was just it was tangible every step of the way. And obviously, you know, you know, going back to my my main man Angus Fraser, got to got to give him props for for what for his response in the in the following test. And you know, the, but he got he got a crucial four for in that in that trend that game as well. But uh, you know, it looked like England were. We're finding the means, and Chris Lewis as well. The much maligned Chris Lewis, you know, always, always so easy to to, to turn him into a scapegoat for for England's failings throughout the 1990s. But every now and again, he would produce a spell that 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 just looked like it was the breakthrough moment for his his career. And you know, it's just I can still feel that the the near misses, are, uh, as you can tell, they 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 still tear it. Was that? The uh, that tour was the the Pat without the hat tour. <laughs> it was yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, shaving his head or you know, Devin Malcolm shaved his head, didn't he? And uh, and he went out without a sun hat, and got sunstroke. Good good effort. But, but there were yeah, yeah, him or Lewis, yeah, possibly both. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, yeah, so um, from three 0 down, the 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 depths of of forty six all out which just by one run surpassed England's lowest uh, test score. Uh, on to Barbados, where West Indies haven't lost since 19... Uh, well, 59 it's, years. Yes, exactly. It's about, about 60 years. So th- 1935, I think that adds up to. Um, and then uh, Butch, uh, Alex Stewart um, had a test match to remember. Cool. Did he ever? I mean, again, that's one of those ones I remember sitting... Pre-season time, wasn't it? So we'd have all, all of us would have been sat in the Oval Tavern. Mm, yeah, um, March, April. With our um, yeah, getting getting fit for the summer. Luncheon vouchers, right? So we'd all go into the tavern um, for during pre-season, whatever, and everyone, you'd have uh, Cornish pasty, chips and beans, and sit there watching the <laughs> watching the feed come over on the on the <laughs> uh, on the TV in the pub. And the, yeah, I mean, Alex, two hundreds. I just remember that the reaction of the of the, the crowd because Barmy Army was was starting to become a real big thing then, and the, the, all the England supporters charging out onto the park and sort of uh, genuflecting in front of him um, out there and waving St George's flags around. I mean, it was it was a stunning performance. It really was. Back in the, you know back in those times, although Barbados is probably still one of the one of the quicker pitches around in the Caribbean, but you, the, you know it was like glass. You could see your face and reflection on the on the pitches out there, and it, it went through. Alec just stayed on the back foot and, and pulled them pulled them to death, didn't he? Ambrose and, and Walsh, um, and it was a it was a stunning performance, as you say. Gus took eight for. I think we got what was it three fifty five played three hundred and four, so it's a three hundred so fifty run lead in the first inning. After and then Fraser takes eight for. He liked taking eight for in, in the West Indies, um, and then Alec did it again. You know, one hundred and forty three in the second innings with a you know. 80-odd from, from Graham Thorpe. 394 for seven, declared. You know, there wasn't many times Athers managed to stand there on the balcony and clap. The only other memorable time, of course, was Sydney, wasn't it? And, uh, on Graham Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was right, though. He was still right. What, I totally. I, totally <laughs> I, I, watched that, I watched that back again the other day. And just, just mm. oh, massively digressing, but that's what we do. But, no. the, you know, there, there's a moment, the final ball before the declaration hit, get right on the back for blocking it for all his life on 98 not out with the declaration looming just, just have a heave god damn it yeah. I, I remember no i remember chewing I, I, time zones were such i was sitting eating toast wasn't i it was, it was about six o'clock in the morning eating toast in my living room 
and I'm thinking, God, why have I stayed up all night for this? We're going to blow this, aren't we? And we did. But anyway, that, 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 yeah. that, 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 I digress. Yeah, bad light stop play. We, we had him eight, eight down, didn't we, or something? So yeah. he, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Hick was, Hick was, you know, again, he nearly made his breakthrough that, that, that series because, you know, 95 mm. in the first test uh, at, yeah. uh, at, at Sabina Park, it, you know, he'd obviously got his 100 in, in India a couple of seasons earlier, but, uh, you know, that, that 95, the 98 at Sydney, it's extraordinary the difference a couple of runs makes, isn't it? I mean, it, mm. it, just the fact that he didn't get to 100 in that first test. Probably set him back for, you know, another another five years probably because you know they, he was still haunted by the the treatment he'd had at the hands of Ambrose uh, two years earlier on his debut. If he'd been able to turn that around, Beard Ambrose and Co. in 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 their in their home lair on the on the on the first first innings of a series in the mm. Caribbean, it, it could have changed his changed his career and changed perceptions of him. Um, you know, another. Minute example of the, of of the, the fine margins, I guess, that that went into into the the, the makeup of the of this rivalry. Yeah, and Caddick finished it off five for in the second day. You know, the the, the second inning specialist. Yes, in a, in a five Yes, uh, and in Caddick, um, kind of mercurial as ever. I, I was tallying up the. Um, leading run scorers and wicket takers for England in, in the 90s against West Indies. Now, Miller's hero, Angus Fraser, uh, way out ahead here, um, partly because he kept taking eight. 70 wickets um, at 30, 23, sorry? <laughs> that is spot on. Uh, 23.7. <laughs> 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 oh, that's um, one thing I want to ask, just before you get there, who, who, was, who was coaching England on this trip? Was it Fletch? Fletch. This Fletch, was Fletch, yeah. Yeah. Fletch had, the, had a go, didn't he, before, before the debacle of, um, of Illy, didn't he? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. So we've got yeah. the yeah the, su- the succession of coaches uh, yes. attempting to prevent England uh, from underachieving. Uh, obviously, Mickey Stewart uh, at the start of the decade into mm-hmm. Keith Fletcher, Illy the supremo, and then and then Bumble, um, as you'll remember, Butch towards the end. Um, but yes, Angus Fraser way out ahead uh, in wicket taking, um, but Andy Caddick Mercurial. Um, enigmatic Andy Caddick was was next best, uh, 31 wickets in the decade, and obviously had a, a very uh, well a great series in 2000 as well. But um, he, he blew so of, hot and cold though. Was it, was ahead it, was of it, was... De and Malcolm, just but with only 31 wickets. Mm. Uh, I saw I saw a call just just you know it was just teeth gnashingly frustrating watching Caddick because he had all the all the talent in the world. And you could tell that his his captains felt the same because obviously it wasn't until Nasser Hussain came along that. Uh, that he was finally given a, a captain who would trust his maverick tendencies. I mean, Stewie obviously didn't even pick him for the for the Ashes tour that Butch went on '98, which was, a, which was a, one of the great selection travesties. You know, 100 odd wickets for Somerset and doesn't get an Ashes gig. It's just ludicrous selection. But yeah, I mean, he, he up he rocks with five key second innings wickets, but he'd been absolutely anodyne in the first innings. Fraser, thank God, had. Um, I just found that length. I remember Colin Croft had disparaged him. He famously said that he was a, a bowling Fraser against against West Indies was like trying to shoot down F-16s with with a slingshot or something. But but you know, <laughs> well aimed, uh, well aimed slingshots uh, from from a crowd's crowd's cloud scraping uh, high action and and hitting a slightly spurious length uh, and nibbling it a bit is uh, does does a job endlessly as he as he proved time and time and time again on uh, throughout. Uh, frankly heroic series of well three tours of the Caribbean and um, 
barely let anyone down any step of the way. Was it around this time, Miller? Was it around this time that that you know you you were perfecting your own uh, Fraser-esque sort of oh, lugubrious trundle, lugubrious trundle <laughs> to the wicket? Well, totally, totally. I mean, Fraser, Fraser's um, lugubrious trundle was was the the <laughs> thing that, that that spurred me on to be a bowler because I I I was I was a lugubrious trundler by nature in, 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 as, as a as a ten eleven year old, but uh, but you know I, it was clear from from the success he was able to get from apparently not doing a lot other than having a repeatable action that you know there, there, there's some merit here i i shall repeat my action and see whether i get any good and i didn't get very good but i certainly enjoyed myself so, <laughs> so that's, that's all you can hope for isn't it, it was, it was a, there was well, another we, way rather than just charging in and spraying all over the place <laughs> success of sorts um and then on to the uh, the wreck antigua and it's it's, it's almost uh, we've just gone past the 26th anniversary, eighteenth of April. Uh, it was 1994. Um, not much else to write home about from that match. But Brian Lara did um, achieve the small matter of of breaking uh, Gary Sober's record for the uh, highest Test innings, three cool three seven five. Yeah, useful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean. So the bowling attack there. So you got Fraser, is it Lewis, um, Caddick, Caddick Tufnell, Tufnell. There must there must have been another one. I was trying to think who the, who the other one might have been. But I mean, because didn't Louis Louis had him hit wicket, didn't he on the on the ball that uh, or the the the, the, the yeah he bail jumped out of his groove back in again on the pull shot that he, he went past the record with. Um, yes, it uh, yes, yeah, see, it, it rested back in the groove, didn't it? Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, the thing is, there was a, it wasn't so inevitable that time because he hadn't done it before. You know, I mean, obviously, he made that incredible two hundred and seventy-seven against Australia at Sydney, um, and everybody knew, you know, that he was a genius, and, and he kind of well, he hadn't been kept quiet, but it hadn't been an absolute run fest for him in the series up to that point. And then you get to the wreck; it's as flat as flat as you like, tiny, tiny little ground, um, and he's impossible to bowl at. And then, of course, however many years it was later, another ten years later, he does it again. And that time, we, you know, once he passed fifty, we knew he was doing it. It was kind of there, there was nothing <laughs> surer. Than the fact that he was going to be his, beat his record in uh, in two thousand and four when he went on to make four hundred, he's just a staggeringly good player. You know, just the, the beauty of Brian Lara was always that, and what made him for me more more exciting to watch than anybody else was the fact that you felt that he could that you could get him out. You felt that 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 there was a chance coming because he was always he was always looking to take the mickey. Really, he was trying to. You know, the captain would move a fielder, he'd try and run it through the slips to get it down a third mat. You know, he'd just do anything to try and amuse himself, it seemed. And that was part of the, 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 the beauty of watching him play. But there were those odd occasions where you just thought, he's never getting out here, never getting out. Just just did not have any interest in giving you a chance and he just went about went about compiling runs in the most stylish manner you could imagine. And of course, he went. He went on to compile. It, it wasn't just the runs he scored that day; it was the runs he scored for the rest of that month. Really, he culminating, of course, in his five hundred and one at Edgbaston. Um, you know, the 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 the, the first class world record. I mean, his 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 appetite from the moment that he that he cut loose against England and uh, 
and just cruised on through was was extraordinary. You know, mm. I think ten days later he made his debut against Glamorgan in the county championship, got 147, then got 106, 120 not out against uh, uh, against Leicestershire, and then 136 at Taunton. I think he failed in the first innings at Middlesex, only got 26, then got 140 in the second innings, and then cracked on with the final and won that out. I mean, <laughs> what, what are you doing with that sort, of, that sort of genius? It was absolutely extraordinary. And, and the thing that always gets me the most about um, about that that performance was the morning of him breaking the records. Actually, I'll tell you what, I think I may I may be mixing up the two, but uh, it was the, the 400, the, the, the 10 years later, that, um, that he got um, the, the link from... Uh, David Gower uh, just uh, holding the bat and doing his link to camera, and then passes the bat to Lara as he walks out the middle. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head now whether whether that was the. No, I think that, that um, might have been that one, but I think the ninety three, ninety four didn't he? Didn't he play golf the morning that morning? He went possibly. out. And had, he got up at the crack of dawn, but had a round of golf before going to the ground before getting to three seventy five. You know, couldn't sleep, so played eighteen holes. <laughs> The certainty, the certainty that, that went into into that performance was just mm. staggering. And uh, but although, as you say, there was that that extraordinary moment that he that he almost knocked off his leg bail pulling uh, Lewis through through mid wicket. Mm. I mean, Russell was was the man right up to right up the stumps, and he swears blind that uh, you know it wobbled and uh, nearly came out. You can't, you can't quite see it on on the on the um, the TV footage, but you. I remember Wisden Cricket Monthly had a. And a still photo on 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 the front cover of, of Lara's moment, and you can see quite clearly that the that, that bail is, is out of the groove and, yeah. and bloody nearly falling. What a moment that would have been! <laughs> I think Russell said afterwards he wouldn't have fancied appealing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, uh, another direction, but a couple of the things you find on YouTube uh, these days. But a couple of, um, uh, I think it's Jeff Lawson uh, against Holding um, <laughs> that, that has been floating around in the last couple of weeks, where he's he just treads on the stumps both times, <laughs> and um, the square leg umpires just. But oh, I'll just go yeah, put well, that back on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it actually knocked the stump back the second time. It was yeah, in two overs, wasn't it? It was just yeah. most yeah. extraordinary. Astonishing cheating. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if, if anybody questions why why overseas or sort of away umpires were became the thing, then it was stuff like that that, that did it in the end. Extraordinary. Yeah. Mm. We won't go into uh, to, to to Justin Langer walking across uh, and, and flicking off a bail on his way and then appealing for it. Um, I think uh, against. Pakistan, maybe um, decade later, or decades later. Anyway, um, surely not. Although it, it would be, it would be remiss given the digression not not to not to cast forward to the next series. And, and uh, Dominic Cork, who uh, may have trodden on his own stumps and replaced the bail during Put the bail's back himself during, during yeah. half century yes. uh, in, yeah. in the in the ninety five series. Which, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we we're coming to that um, imminently. Uh, Miller, just a word. Um, England did escape. Antigua with a draw after being pummeled by uh, uh, Brian. Um, the, the life of Brian, it must have felt like uh, <laughs> out there for that. But um, Robin Smith, well, 100 for, yeah. for um, Athers, and, and Robin Smith came good. I mean, his sort of battles with the Windies were, were also hugely uh, symbolic um, and, and extraordinary, you know, if well, you think okay. of Fire and Babylon. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned him because I mean Robin Smith was was you know one abs- absolute idol of mine as 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 a kid every every 
every batsman of my generation wanted to be like Robin Smith. You know, the the bravery, the the the, the angles, the forearms on the cut, the the the. the, the Facing down fast bowling, it was it was just awe inspiring, and uh, yeah, I mean he 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 had a tough tour. I mean, actually, I remember in that first test, um, the uh, the ninety three four tour. Two two things stood out for me. One was the absolutely devastating barrage that Mike Atherton got from Courtney Walsh. The sort of welcome welcome to welcome to my fiefdom, skipper. And uh, you know, basically, Atherton tried Walsh tried to decapitate him. It was like. You know, this, this, this is, this is what, what you've got to step up to now. Now you're England captain. And the other thing was Robin Smith playing an immaculate forward defensive in the first innings and getting bolt for a duck. And I just, I was just a gog. It's like, this does not happen to Robin Smith. Robin Smith does not get beaten for pace. <laughs> and, and the, and he was done. And he, again, he was done similarly immaculate forward defense in the, in the Trinidad. Yeah, there, yeah, there was, a, there yeah. was, there was, there were demons, as we now know from reading his, his autobiography that uh, my friend Rob Smythe helped him with, but uh, we know there are there was there were some serious battles going on up top. But you know the, the proof is in the pudding from from the, the body of work he put together against fast bowling. Uh, one of one of one of one of the true greats of of, of, of playing fast bowling, and um, yeah, he, he had he had his moments in '95 happily, but mm. he, he was sawn oh, off. That, he was sawn was, off too soon, as far as I'm concerned. That was the Bish Bish caved his facing didn't he, he did, yeah. um, in the fourth test in that, in that one but yeah I mean you know he fell foul of the sort of um, you know the, the Illingworth <laughs> regime didn't he? he was sort of deemed not to be the right sort of right sort of person to be in that and you and you, when you think about I mean it's, I always go back to this with, with, with the Alec Stewart thing opening the batting you know if if they hadn't have been so daft and, and wanted him to keep wicket as well then I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have wouldn't have had a chance to open the batting with Athens at the end of the nineties, which is probably nobody's would would have been nobody's loss but my own. Um, <laughs> uh, but and and yet you know and you had guys like Robin Smith who was kind of you know surplus to requirements when he was probably in his in his prime round about you know from ninety five ninety six onwards, um, and lots and lots of people getting a go while he was still around. You know, it, it, you know there were a lot of and it has always happened. This is always one of the problems with having. So many, um, so many players, so many county players, so many county teams, so many professionals to choose from, is that sometimes you can just find yourself out of favour and, 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 and palpably the best players are, are sat on their backsides. Um, you know, that can happen. Yeah, it would happen in England more than anywhere else. But that's part of the reason for it is that you can, the opinion starts to become more important than the, than, than the, than the stuff that matters. Um, and that certainly is what happened with, with the judge. Um, you know, and we know, sadly, we know what happened, what became of him afterwards, which is just, which is a real shame, but just shows that even the, the toughest of the tough aren't always uh, what they appear on the outside. Ah, there we go. It's all flooding back. Novocaine for the soul, as the eels once sang. We still have a corker of a summer to come, as well as hopes of a cool Britannia upswing in England's fortunes. Spoiler alert, that's not what happened, which we'll bring you in part two of the podcast. In the meantime, take care and thanks for tuning in.